Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Brad Webb, where the topics are relevant and serve with truth, transparency, and some much-needed realness. It's a real gospel gumbo, if you please. Here's your host, Brad Webb. Hey guys, today we are excited to be back uh, for another episode of Real Talk and talking about the subject of relevancy. And uh, man, I thank you for bearing with me as we had a little vacation and took some time off to make sure we did not flunk that family time and spending time with the family, getting their kids ready for college to send them off. And today we want to pick back up with you on the subject of what does it mean to be relevant and what is relevancy? It seems like... um, that's one of the things that so many people struggle with on day to day. And it really leads to hopelessness. You know, we talked about that. and I just want to recap for a moment. But people start feeling hopeless when they feel like they don't matter. And if you look up the definition of relevant, it means to matter. And so when a person feels like their life doesn't matter at all, that's when they begin to feel like, why do I even exist? I think one of the greatest tragedies is so many people live their whole life not even knowing why they exist and what is the greater purpose and the greater goal and, you know, that we are not an accident. And so today I have the privilege of uh, having Miss Jess Archer here with us. And uh, I'll never forget, Jess, uh, the day I met you and uh, got to connect our lives together and when you came to Central Louisiana. And so Jess has been in Central Louisiana for how long now? Six years. Six years. Wow. And uh, works for the Louisiana Baptist Convention. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. I work for Louisiana Baptist and I do children and youth missions education. It's a, it's a job that I love dearly mm-hmm. and it's um, one that I'm able to travel all over the state to lead, train, teach and speak. So it's something that fits me well. And so, um, Jess, I love your story, uh, how God has worked in your life and brought Mm -hmm. you to this place in central Louisiana, uh, a a young lady from the bayous of South Louisiana. And uh, man, today, uh, when I look at you and you lead uh, you have mentored uh, Bree. Uh, Bree, you, you guys know Bree out there, and uh, Bree. Her other job is she helped leads our uh, children's ministry, and um, has, was mentored by Jess as when she was a college student. And um, so we've been able to see Jess do great things, and she's very much a part of our Elevate Children's Ministry, and also uh, just a huge part in leading a, a Bible study group for young ladies. And and young professional ladies. And uh, when I look at you, Jess, and I, 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 I see the summary of your life on a, being lived out day to day, I see relevancy, a person who is relevant. Um, everywhere you go, you're relevant. It matters that you're there. And you're not just taking up space. You're not just another face in the crowd. Uh, Regardless of the meeting that you're in, the space that you're in, um, you are there on purpose. And so my first question to jump in today is when you think about my life matters, just talk about some characteristics of what that, what is the sense of that? I don't want to use the word feel because... We're such a touchy-feely generation today, but like, what sense of uh, surreal or or a direction does that actually give you in your life, knowing that, man, for such a time as this, God has me at this place, and, and I'm here to be relevant? 
I think it all begins with the Lord and it all begins with my personal relationship with him. In talking about relevance and talking about things matter, I need to know where I stand in Christ and what the Lord has done in my life and what the Lord has carried me through and what the Lord is continually showing me. Um, I would say that um, having a surrendered life and being obedient to what God's Mm -hmm. called me to do and where he has me. I think that makes the huge difference. I think that's what makes things relevant Mm -hmm. to me in my relationship with him. And then I'm able to pour into others because of what the Lord has done to in my life and the way he's filled me. And I'm able to Mm -hmm. share with others and encourage others and help others in that way. There's a couple of things. One, you know, one of the greatest ways for us to really feel like we're relevant is to help other people. I mean, mm-hmm. there's really no greater uh, satisfaction than seeing somebody else's life become successful or full uh, because of us, because of something we've done to help them. And, um, you know, that right there just changes the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. And we live in such a time where that's not what people focus on. It's such a, a self-centered world that we're driven in. How can I be better? How can I get more? You know, how can I get a new house, a new job, a, a new this, a new that? But it's like, you know, Jesus said, if you want to keep something, you got to give it away. Mm-hmm. And so I, yes. I want you to talk to me a little bit more about that. Well, you, here's what you said. In fact, I wrote it down. A surrendered life, man. Yes. You know, what does that Boy, that is a mouthful, surrendered, a surrendered life. And, man, you're you're speaking my language because I feel like that's a missing concept today. And can you unpack that a little bit for us, just that surrendered life and the difference in it? Exactly right. I believe every believer has to come to a place in their life where they say, Jesus is the only option. Mm -hmm. Jesus is better than anything else that I want to pursue, that I want to do. Jesus is Lord and Jesus is the way and the person who I'm going to follow. And I think when we come to that point in our lives, um, I believe that's when we have the most peace. I believe the Lord is able to use us the most. We're, we're offering our lives as a living sacrifice and he sees that we are ready. We're willing to be used by him. And then also when that take place, that takes place in a believer's life, then we're able to be relevant to a hurting and hopeless world. We're able to hear their stories. We're able to pray with them. We're able to open the scripture and search the scripture and say, well, here's, here's what the Lord says about mm-hmm. this. You know, everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Everybody has um, just a walk of life and some are believers, some are not believers, but when a person is able to be relevant and just share with them what it means Mm -hmm. to have hope, because we know so many people are hopeless, you know, so many Mm -hmm. people are searching for, why am I here? What (laughs) am I doing on this earth? You know, what's my purpose? It's amazing how many people just never know that purpose. I think that's one of the saddest concepts that so many people are 40, 50, 
even 67 years old and they've never known their purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's an amazing aspect. I think a lot of that has to do too, because re- being religious doesn't make you full. It doesn't make you fulfilled. Absolutely not. It probably does the opposite. You know, it probably does the opposite. You know, there um, was a point in time in my life where I was religious and I wanted to do good things. But those good things were apart from Christ. Mm -hmm. I didn't know um, at that point in my life. I didn't know what it meant to have Mm -hmm. a personal relationship with Jesus. It was done in conjunction with Christ. But it wasn't done uh, completely that, far cry. Yes. It that, was like this ulterior exactly, motive that, concept. That relationship wasn't there. And I think you're, you're really on to something there because we have this natural desire within us that we have a bend in us that we're bent towards God. Yes. You know, even if you're not religious, there's these moments where people have, matter of fact, Romans says that salvation is made by the handiworks of God. I mean, if you've ever seen mm-hmm. a sunrise and yes. a sunset, then you know that the, the majesty, the majestic, the majesty of God and all of his majestic wonder has been revealed in his creation. And, um, we, we have this natural bend towards God. And then I'm afraid that so many people never get this surrendered life and they have a religious life, but not a surrendered life. And I think you nailed it because a religious life without it being surrendered just makes us feel even more empty. Yes. It's, because it's like, it's, we know this is the right pathway, the right course, and we're searching for it. But mm-hmm. the thing we thought was the answer doesn't give us the answer. Exactly. Wow. That's, that's rich, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is a pivotal moment when we realize, you know, that I am not an accident, that I was created with a purpose and a plan and a destiny. And, and God has this for my life. And when we get to the point where we're living that surrendered life, it just, totally give such meaning to us. Hey, so you really touched on something. Um, people are not really understanding their purpose in life. And can, can we just kind of walk back through that a little bit in your life? Because so, so you're a, a, a children's strategist basically yes. uh, for missions and stuff for the Louisiana Baptist convention and you do training and you host oversee camps and things. So take us back through, you know, because I know that you were on staff at a church before you mm-hmm. moved to Alexandria yes. in the greater New Orleans area and you went to seminary. Yes. But but let's let's go back even a little bit further than that. Before you went to seminary, you're a college student, Nickel, Nickel State, Nickel State University. T- t- tell us a little bit about that time in your life yes. and what that looked like in searching for relevancy in that moment. Yes, my time at Nickel State University was the absolute best. And I can see how the Lord's hand was in all of it. It was my freshman year that I became a believer in Jesus Christ. I surrendered my life to him and I wanted to follow him all the days of my life. And the Lord, it was, it was so awesome that the Lord put people in my life to show me who he was, people that would pray with me, people that would open scripture and teach me what the Bible said, um, and how to have a personal quiet time. And then it was a few years later that I was discipled and baptized. And then later on I was discipling others, Mm -hmm. but through all of that time, I saw the Lord's hand through it all. 
the Lord gave me a passion um, after I became a believer in Jesus. He gave me a passion for missions and mission work and telling others about Jesus and doing that and calling me on the mission field to serve him and then back home and continually teaching others. And I love how the passions that the Lord gave me um, to, you know, just to serve him, he increase my desire to serve him and be called to missions. So um, I have a bachelor's in sociology, and then the Lord called me to the seminary where I obtained a master's Mm -hmm. in urban missions, um, master's of divinity in urban missions. And then the Lord formed all of that to where I am today. Um, None of that is by accident. I believe that the Lord has a specific plan and purpose for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we have to be willing and, um, and just say yes, Lord, to whatever he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went to Nichols, Nichols went State to, yes. and you, were, you wanted a degree in sociology. Yes. So when you left high school yes. and your mom and dad, yes. wonderful family, your yes. wonderful mom and dad, uh, took you to college and they yes. sent you on your way. Uh, we can talk afterwards about that moment since yeah. that happens in my life in three weeks. <laughs> yes. Um, I digress. I apologize. But uh, at that point, what did you want to pursue in your life? I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. Okay. But that was Jess's plans. <clears throat> the Lord had other plans for me. And I love how the Lord changed my desires. You know, I went into school with a plan and I went into school saying I will do X, Y, and Z, but every person's going to come to a point in their life and they're going to have to say, am I going to do my own plans or I, am I going to do what God wants? His plans are always a million times better, but we have to come to the place and say, okay, Lord. I'm not going to do what I want. Wow. And so there's four of us sitting around the table. You guys know Aaron and Bree are here. And when I look around the table, literally that is our story. Like all four of us had a plan and God brought his plan about in our life and praise the Lord for it. Cause you know, I've accomplished more in my young life and his plans than I ever could in two lifetimes in my own. But I want to just, how can we encourage people to figure that out sooner? You know, um, people are listening today mm-hmm. and they're struggling. I mean, you may be out there and listen to this podcast on your way to work or at the gym or whatever, and you may just hate your job. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you just feel like you're stuck because you you just can't quit because you got to pay your bills, but yet you feel like you have found your way and maybe it's even been because you've got degrees and, and, uh, man, it just seemed right. You know, you, you took the worldly counsel that said, Hey, this is what pays the most money. This is what does mm-hmm. this. And, and, um, what are ways that we can help people? You feel like discover that relevant concept at an earlier mm-hmm. age you were very blessed mm-hmm. because God started changing your life early on in college because yes. you, yes. you were the freshman year. You said yes. you, you yes. gave your heart to Jesus yes. and um, moved from being religious to a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then your degree in sociology was a natural segue exactly. to um, your missions, missions mm-hmm. your mission degree. So at what point did you change your 
major? My freshman year. Your freshman year. Yes. Okay. Wow. So, boy, you were very blessed, and that happened early yes, on. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, what are some – you t- talk to me about what that looked like and, and the feeling of you mattering to you. Because, see, yes. I think a lot of people don't even matter to themselves. Like, we don't see value in ourselves. So how can we expect others to find value in us when we don't value ourselves? And you talked about somebody discipling you. Yes. Tell me how that mentoring yes. helped bring about that value into your life for you personally. Well, I feel that the discipleship was vital and it's important. As a new believer, I didn't know many things about anything with, you know, I didn't know how to read my Bible and understand what it meant, what God was saying through the written word. And they just came alongside of me everyday life. They did. We did life together. We had Bible study, but we did life together. And I'm still friends with them today. Mm -hmm. Beth and Laura who Mm -hmm. poured into me. Um, But I would say being relevant in that sense. And then also um, for a person. So. before you go in from that, I want to talk about that a little bit more. Yes. Because there's this misconception of discipleship that it's all academia and that, that we can mass produce disciples. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get 30 people in a room and teach you to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. But it's not this academic component as much as you said it. They, they taught me how yes. to love Jesus in everyday life. I think it happens naturally. If you think about it, yeah, you know, um, it's somewhat of what we do at our life groups mm-hmm. meeting every other Sunday night. You know, it just happens naturally. It's doing life together. It's coming alongside of another person and basically teaching them and mm-hmm. serving with them and reading together and just just basically doing life and that person watching and modeling and and you know you have those moments where it is academic and you study a passage or a book of the bible or another book but what about those moments where i just you know your your mentor just calls you up and says what's god telling you today exactly you know i think it's a lot of accountability in there as well um, with a person, you know, if they have questions or they're saying, okay, help me figure this out. The Lord's teaching me this or the Lord's calling me to this. Mm-hmm. I know that you are maybe a few years older than me. What have you done in the past? Or what do you advise me that I should do? And this person who's walking with you is definitely a person who's reading scripture every day, a person who is talking to the Lord every day. So they're not just giving you answers that they Mm -hmm. want you to hear they're actually walking with the lord and they desire that you do the same Mm -hmm. and you know at family of grace you know we have what we call the pathway of discipleship but you know we ought to be able to point to the people we're discipling exactly like jesus left us to do that one thing to make disciples but like we ought to be able to point to it Mm -hmm. and you know the happiest people in the world are those people that are happy in him yes exactly and you're happy in him when you realize your purpose and your meaning and your lot in life and you're not being who you who you're not yes you know yes and you know you hit on a point that the lord has a plan and purpose for everybody everybody. And it's until we come to that place, we're circling back to where we were at the beginning. It comes back to where 
you know, you have to desire to do what the Lord has called you to do. The Lord has a specific plan and purpose for everybody. He's given the church. He's given us uh, spiritual gifts. He's given us different things to glorify him. And until we do those things he's called us to do, I think we would just be walking around wanting to fulfill our own purposes, Mm -hmm. which will bring us heartache sometimes. And emptiness. Exactly. Because there's so many people that are successful, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel relevant. Exactly. Because that would bring us back to, are they doing what they want to do? And they're not doing what the Lord is wanting them to Mm do. And so, you know, we, we talk a lot about this at Family of Grace, and I know you're probably sick of hearing me say it, but, you know, we're at a place where for the first time since 1962, 3, and 4, that our mortality rate is in, on decline in our nation because so many people are taking their lives. And they're taking their lives because they just feel, at the end of the day, they they're feel hopeless. like nothing matters. Exactly. And so relevant is relevant to be relevant and relevancy is kind of a buzzword today. You know what I mean? But it, mm-hmm. if you look up the definition of relevant, it means to matter. Exactly. And what would you say to somebody that's listening to your story today, searching for relevancy as a great place to just start? I would say I would bring him back to scripture and say that the Lord loves them deeply. You know, Jesus died on the cross for all. And he has a plan and purpose for them. Um, it's, you know, I can look back on my life and see that, wow, Lord, you have, you had great plans for me. You have great plans for me. And, you know, you desire that relationship with me. And until a person comes to the point in their life where they just lay down all the striving, they lay down all the hurts and, you know, lay it at Jesus's feet and, and know that there is hope. Mm -hmm. There is hope only found in Jesus Christ and he can change a person's life. And, you know, until a person can see that, okay, what I have is this, but Jesus is so much more and he's going to offer something beyond what I can see, think, or imagine You know, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, if I sit with a person and they say, well, I'm just hopeless, I don't know what to do. You know, I'd love to be able to show that, you Mm -hmm. know, all the hope in the world, all everything is found in Christ and Mm -hmm. he is our hope. And, you know, he gives us such amazing peace. And until we surrender and give our all to him, that's where that peace is found. Mm -hmm. You know, our circumstances may look different. You know, and that's where joy is found. Yes, believers suffer. Yes, believers go through trials. Yes, believers go through tribulation. That's that's so rich. And so so square one is completely surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Yes. I think the sad part to that is, if there is not to give your heart to Jesus, but there's people sitting out there listening to us and that go to our churches every week that have done that, but they've never taken the second step. It's just finding somebody to be their Beth and Lauren, Lauren's Laura, Laura uh, in their life. And so 
you know, there's those people that may be listening that maybe today you just need to do what Jess said and just completely trust Christ with your life and, you know, go to those scriptures in Jeremiah and Psalms where it talks about Isaiah, where it talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made and God knitting us together and having a purpose and a plan and ordaining us in our mother's womb before we were ever born. And that's not Mm -hmm. just for preachers, you know, Um, so somebody needs to make that decision. But, you know, there's people that occupy the seats of our sanctuaries across the the state every week that feel hopeless, yet they know Jesus as their Savior. Mm -hmm. They've done that, but somehow they've missed that next step. Yes, I think it takes some stepping out. If a person is a believer, but they need to take the next step in finding someone to disciple them and to walk alongside of them. So what's that look like? I think it takes some stepping out and maybe being vulnerable and saying, going to someone in the church and saying, would you help me? Would you walk alongside of me? And then with the other believers in the church, they need to be willing and ready and waiting and saying, Mm -hmm. yes, I'll take that step. I will walk with you. I will be obedient too, and Mm -hmm. be available for others and be available for just me to pour my life into. I'm glad you said that because that's what I was, you know, there's a lot of people waiting on somebody to come to them when you need to be the person to take the first step. Exactly. You know, if you have given your heart to Jesus, um, you, you need to, you need to initiate that, you know, um, it's amazing how people don't know what that next step is, but that next step is for you to start praying. Exactly. And, and so in your life, did, did you reach out to Beth and Laura or did they reach out to you or what was that like in yes. college? Um, and in, were they college students yes, or were they, they were, church people? They were college students. Or? Yes, they were college students, but it was through the ministry of Baptist Collegiate Ministries mm-hmm. on our campus. A wonderful um, organization at Nichols State University and all over the state and country. But Shout it out was, to them, so. yes, so it was me. It was a kind of a combination. It was me wanting to go deeper in my new walk with Christ and then them being available. So it takes two. So me desiring to go deeper and then other believers who are farther in their walk with Christ saying, yes, I'm ready. I'm willing and I'm waiting to do that with someone. So I think it, it goes back to all people in the church and discipleship's a multiplication mm. process, you know, it's not a zapping process where no, yeah, you're saved instantaneously, but you're not zapped into being a, a disciple. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all things. Yes, so exactly. So, um, so I think it takes both parties in the church and you know, that's how we see that discipleship multiplying mm-hmm. and, yeah. So you would ask them, um, if, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're waiting on somebody to disciple you, maybe you need to take the first step. I would say yes. I would say being bold enough and having courage to walk to someone, walk to someone you see in the church that is living mm-hmm. a godly life and saying, hey, would you pray about helping me? Pray about walking with me. Yeah, so a good way to do that is is for you to just kind of look around, whether it's in a collegiate ministry or at work yes. or at church or wherever, you know, to observe several people and maybe even you make a list yes. and then you pray over the list. Exactly. Okay, God, I have three names. Will you show me which one of these or several of them 
are going to be the people that help mentor me. Exactly right. That's the thing, you know, be aggressive. Um, the relevancy comes, the deeper you walk with Christ, the more relevant you become, the more fulfilled you become, then, then you begin to do for somebody else what they're doing for you. So exactly. That's a, that's a great word. You know, I always like to say that people need three mentors at every stage of their life. And there's the apostle Paul, um, who had Barnabas. So there's mm-hmm. those people that are kind of our contemporaries. Yes. Uh, we're accountable to each other. You know, we're, we're just kind of on the same page. There's those disciples that are ahead of us. You know, for Paul, when he gave his heart to Jesus, God sent him Ananias mm-hmm. in the in the book of Acts. And Ananias invested like three years into Paul. And then Paul turns around and grabs Timothy. Yes. You know, and I love that scripture where Paul says in Second in Timothy, where he says, I want you to teach men who will teach men who will teach men. Exactly. You know? So we see the model in scripture. And that's the model we need to see in church. Mm-hmm. And we do see it in church, but yes. And so that's, so today, you know, that's a step, you know, and now, now let's go a little bit, a little bit more of your story. So, so you, you, you graduated from Nichols yes. and uh, man, you got a degree in sociology. Yes. Now what? what, when you so left yes. Nichols, what happened? I left Nichols and I, I want to go served, to seminary. Yes. I wanted to go to seminary. So I graduated in December, but I didn't start seminary until September. So I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, where would you have me to serve? So for that spring semester, I served in Tahoe City, California with an amazing program, A plus program out in Tahoe City. And I learned so much. It was vital to me where I was as a former college student and then going into seminary. It was an amazing program that helped me and they trained me on how to be an effective um, servant of Christ too. The, so there was the relational aspect exactly. with Beth and Laura. Yes. Then there was the experiential aspect when you went to Tahoe. Yes. And then you go to seminary and you get what? The academic. The academic. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> so you go to seminary, and then yes. you end up at... Um, I I served at First Baptist Church of Avondale, which okay. is in the greater right. New Orleans area. Right. Okay, I, I was thinking it was a different name. And then there you worked in the urban context and yes, stuff. Yes, so I did, and I worked in children's ministry at that church, and then I worked in education ministry, and then I also did missions. So it was a combination. So... So um, now you're at the Louisiana Baptist Convention yes. in Central Louisiana. Yes. Wow. Did you ever see that coming? I never, ever, ever saw it coming, but it is my absolute favorite job of my life. Yes. it. I'm able to, all the things that I've learned from college on, I'm able to use something that I've learned. I can apply it to where I'm at today. You know, missions is my heart. Missions, missions is my passion. Discipleship's my passion. Um, teaching others about Jesus is my passion. Discipleship. So I'm able to do all of those things where mm-hmm. I'm currently at today. I wish there was a way that you could describe the feeling of that you receive when you mentor somebody and you see them become a disciple of Christ. 
and then then they're leading leaders even yes isn't that a, it, it it's amazing no it's it. it's no words because i know people probably you know see what how they've helped me and see the same and when i could see others and see that it's 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 pretty cool um all the credit goes to the lord and sometimes you you don't have the words you could all you can say is glory to god because I can't take any of this credit. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just amazing. It's a great story. So, man, if you're out there today and you're you're just struggling, I mean, whether you're a college student that's like two years in and you're thinking, what have I signed up for? Um, you're contemplating changing your study load, your, your curriculum, um, your, ah, I'm drawing a blank here, major, thank you. Whew takes a team to help me out uh your major or maybe you're already at a job and man you just feel so empty because you know you matter because you're doing a job for them but you feel like you don't matter in a larger picture concept like you're mattering to a greater good mm-hmm. um and you may be a high school student just trying to figure things out but Regardless of where you are in life, um, I hope today's testimony will really just help you push the pause button. And, you know, just talked about the first step is making sure you have that relationship with Christ. And maybe you don't even know how to do that. And just find somebody. I guarantee you, if you start looking, there's somebody in your, your sphere that you travel in whether it's a waitress at a restaurant you attend frequently or, you know, a mechanic where you get your oil changed or um, someone at the coffee shop where you Mm -hmm. frequent or somebody at work. God has believers in your pathway, and maybe you just need to have courage to ask one of them to ask. Definitely. To to lead you to that first step or to the second or third or wherever you are. So, so Jess, is there some other thoughts you want to add just on, man, what it feels like to be relevant and the significance and the satisfaction of that concept? I love it. It's, um, it's, it's very peaceful. Um, I know I'm the kind of person I'm a, yes, it's, um, I'm the kind of person I'm, I'm an extrovert. So I love to sit with people. Mm -hmm. I love to hear their story. And when you talk about being relevant, it almost sounds arrogant. Like I matter on the surface level, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's no humility in that. But man, when you know you matter, exactly. It gives you such confidence, such courage, such conviction, such compassion. You know, it does all of those things because you realize all these things are working together on your behalf that you might really be able to to make mm-hmm. a difference where you are. So yes, Jess, that's a great story. And, uh, I wish as your pastor, I had words to describe how grateful I am that God has connected our life and I'm able to see him work in your life. And so thankful for all that you do to make disciples at family of grace and, and help lead us and, and guide us and, and, uh, to matter. And, um, yes. Yeah, so well, I have to say, I truly, truly love this church. 
I, I think this was the second or third church that I visited when I moved here. And I, you know, as I was praying to the Lord and saying, Lord, where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to be? And he said, right here at Family of Grace. Mm-hmm. And I love Thank you, it. Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, we are so grateful. And thank you for taking time out today. Yes. And uh, uh, just out of your busy schedule and just to share a little bit of your story. And, uh, man, if you're connected to Jess, uh, you're so blessed. And uh, I know she makes your life a better place. And and so uh, share her story uh, with other people. And just remember, you know, you're out there trying to figure things out. You're out there trying to wrestle through life and fight the good fight of faith. Just Stay humble. Just seek the Lord. Walk in humility. Uh, You don't have to exalt yourself. He will exalt you in due time. Mm -hmm. And uh, just give it your best shot. Work hard. Be present. Uh, Make a difference. Hustle hard. Amen. It's great to be here. Thank you, Jess. And uh, we hope to see you next week. And we will further talk about what does it mean to be relevant. Hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We hope you enjoyed and it blessed you. If you would like to keep up with Pastor Brad, you can follow him at facebook.com at Pastor Brad Webb FOG. We'll see you later.